All right, everybody, welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. It is a delight uh, to have you guys here. We've got a great episode of the podcast for you. Uh, I'm not going to waste too much of your guys' time before we just jump right into things with Boat. Uh, I just wanted to join you guys here at the top and let you guys know that today's episode is proudly presented to you guys by Pacific Coast Golf Guide. All right, with that, uh, part two of our Masters Preview uh, most of this podcast is going to be an interview that Boat and I did with uh, with a, with a PGA Tour and Major Championship winning caddy uh, who is uh, who joined us from Augusta, Georgia earlier today to give us a little bit of a breakdown and a preview of this year's uh, Masters Tournament and then also to talk about his boss's win uh, at this year's 2020 PGA Championship at Harding Park. So stay tuned for that. Got a great episode here for you guys, so please enjoy this episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the Golf Guide Podcast is back, and... uh, as, as is my partner in crime, Jess Demack and uh, Boat. I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm being, uh, over, you know, I, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that uh, we, we've got a really exciting, great episode of this podcast for everybody that's uh, made the correct decision to, to tune in, my friend. Hello, friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I, would, I would go as far as to say is we've got a real wingdinger of an episode, Kyle. Yes. Just a, just a double walk. Upper with extra mayo. Wingdinger sounds actually like the scientifically correct term for what's what's about to take place here. I I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Obviously, referencing shooters, uh, tux that he got married in, uh, that his suit he got married in, in uh, Hoosiers for the, those of you Hoosier fans. Obviously, obviously, yes. Shooter. Uh, <laughs> oh, which is great. So, boat. I first of all, man, I, I haven't got a chance to say it to you, you know, but uh, happy Masters Week, man. Hey, happy Masters Week! It's uh, a little different feel with it being in November, but uh, you know, as uh, as we'll find out in the uh, the, the last segment, uh, not a lot different in uh, in Augusta except a few few conditions. But the weather is the same. You got the rain that uh, the rain is threatening, and uh, hey, it's Masters Week regardless. No asterisks needed. No asterisks needed, indeed. Now. I, uh, I I don't know if you uh, saw or heard it all, but I did like kind of like the first part of our Masters preview um, with my buddy Chris Durr when we were talking a little bit last Friday, and we we're both kind of just discussing how we feel in terms of excitement regarding this year's Masters as opposed to every other year, given the fact that it's November and it's just the, the timing is a little bit different. Where where do you stand in terms of how you feel excitement wise and just just giddiness for for this golf tournament? Is it pretty much just the same as it would be in any any April where the tournament's taking place, or does it feel a little different to you? Probably the biggest difference is uh, we're not going to be able to go to the golf course after the final putt is hold. Yeah, I didn't even think you about that until just now, but yeah, that's a great we're point. Not gonna able, we're not going to be able to go to the golf course unless you, uh, you know, you're going to go to a knighted, knighted par three course or a lighted driving uh, range or something like that. But uh, yeah, for me, that's it's. I'm working every Masters Sunday. The influx of people that would come out right after the last putters hold, it would be just like, oh, like a, a, a tidal wave. Yeah. 
Yeah. Two large buckets. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you just see everyone putting on like just going straight to the putting green. It's like, oh man, it's uh yeah. It's a week like no other. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I don't want to diminish our uh, our Hawaiian listeners out there. You you are the fortunate few that may still get a crack at uh, getting some range balls in after the uh, the final putt is hold on Sunday at Augusta. But yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a little weird. Like now that it's actually Masters Week, I feel sufficiently psyched for this tournament, oh, yeah. like like I would any other Masters Week. But honestly, normally in like the two or three weeks leading up to the Masters, I I, I can't control my excitement, and that that feeling didn't really kick in for me until over the weekend was it similar at all for you have you been just as jack oh, monday, monday, monday morning it was six to midnight is like, <laughs> yes. like it's go time we got live from tonight we got we got live from the masters let's uh, go yeah i mean it was yeah hey clock clock struck 12 it was like oh <laughs> it was it was literally six o'clock five seconds ago and now now 12 let's let, let's go yep Oh, well, that's awesome, man. Well, shoot, let's uh, let, let's get right into the nitty gritty, man. We, we have a little bit of a uh, a different podcast uh, for yeah. for all the listeners out there. I think you and me are going to touch on some of our normal uh, Masters preview stuff here. Um, you know, talk about some of the, the pairings that we're looking forward to on Thursday, Friday. We'll discuss a little little bit of the odds. Uh, we'll we'll get your take on which players in the field this year have absolutely no fucking chance um, to win oh, this thing. Right. And then we're going to kick it to a very special interview with a buddy of yours. Uh, it, it, yeah. Yeah, which uh, is, is very exciting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, before, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce uh, our guest here uh, when we wrap things up. But let's start with uh, let's start with some pairings, man. So, um, as we know, the weather, you know, for this year's Masters, as of right now, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening, West Coast time. Tuesday evening. Yep, of, uh, of Masters week. And as far as we know... Um, the weather could be a little, uh, it would be fair to say it could be a little moist, uh, perhaps yeah. early out there. Um, uh, 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 we've been tracking a, uh, a tropical storm that could be hitting Augusta, uh, possibly as early as tomorrow, Wednesday of Masters week and could be going all throughout Thursday. So first round of the Masters, um, yeah, could get washed out, like yeah. I guess, uh, um, but I mean, hopefully, I mean, who knows, maybe just it'll build up the anxiety and make friday even better but uh i mean i'm just i would be okay with it because i still have to work uh thursday yeah um, i mean i i don't want to uh you know i i don't want to be the daryl that you know is is, <laughs> is is rooting for some sort of anarchy but like i don't want to put that evil on anybody yeah i mean but, but like I mean, in, in a worst yeah in a worst case scenario and again this i'm sure everybody who's actually on the ground and everybody who's gone out there and is away from their family might feel differently but as a viewer you know, I'm not. I'm not totally upset if everything gets pushed back a day and we get a Monday finish. You know, I, I, I could. I could. I'm, I'm looking for an excuse to take Monday off. That, 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 that's okay with me. That's great. Yeah, it's not so oh, bad. No, All right, mental mental health Monday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Augusta mental health Monday. Um, Fantastic. Well, let's hear, man. Let's let's jump into some of these pairings here that we're going to have for the first two rounds of this tournament. I know you've got a couple of uh, key key groupings yeah. that you're you're excited to watch. So, uh, what, what, why don't you go ahead, brother? Just a couple pairings that I highlighted. Uh, six or seven here. Uh, Interesting one. Uh, you're gonna see a couple of different games between Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka. Mm. Uh, Fitzpatrick is one of the shorter guys out there. I know he's tried to work on his length, but uh, those guys are gonna just blow it by him. Um, I think your your winner could possibly come from this group: uh, DJ Cantlay and Rory. Mm. Um, another group to, that's kind of got. Uh, uh, 
kind of a gambler's mentality to it. Uh, Bubba, Matthew Wolf, and Tommy Fleetwood. Ooh, um, that one kind of that one kind of pop caught my caught my eye. A lot uh, of sex appeal in that group. Um, and then a group that's going to be under the radar. Matsuyama finished second last week. Webb Simpson, Mark Leishman seems like he's always there at mm-hmm. Augusta. Uh, could be some some noise from that group. Um, John Rom. Bryson DeChambeau, Louis uh, Oosthuizen, that's going to be uh, – you got a potential winner there for that sure. Is, that is a sultry pairing if there ever was one. A couple of now vets uh, that um, obviously you tend to see their name on the leaderboard at Augusta, Paul Casey, Patrick Reed, and then Tony Finau, who's kind of like the new – like, okay, maybe he's, – he's kind of like the new Ricky maybe. Mm. Like, okay, this guy has a ton of game. When's he going to win a major? Um, he's, he's got a lot of game, uh, and he's obviously kills the ball. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win this week. Um, interesting group here, uh, Jordan Spieth, Gary Woodland and Ian Poulter Hmm. for Spieth. I feel like kind of things just tend to click when he gets back to Augusta. You know what I mean? For sure. He's certain, he certainly knows where you can miss on that golf course. Um, I think it's probably a comfort thing for him. And obviously brings back a lot of good memories. You don't shoot an eighteen hundred at a place like Augusta without having really good feelings there. Yep. Um, and then uh, Adam Scott, Colin Marokawa, Terrell Hatton. Don't like Terrell Hatton, uh, but he's been playing out of his mind lately. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott, past champion, uh, uh, and Colin Morikawa, arguably one of the hottest players in the world. So, um, actually, the, the number four ranked player in the world, and we talk about a little about him later. Uh, um, some real, I think, I some Tiger just hasn't been in form. Um, Justin Rose hasn't been in form. I would usually touch on guys like them, but I just I, those out of the, those groups I mentioned there, I think there's very good odds that the, the champion comes out of those one of those six or seven pairings. Yeah, that's also. You mind? Uh, what, what, so, what is uh, Rory's pairing again? Cantlay and DJ. I like that, man. I if you had to pick, if of all the groups you mentioned, if I had to pick a group where the winner's going to come strong. out of, that's that's the one. Um, now, obviously, Rom and Bryson uh, and Louis. That's a strong, but, but I, I think DJ Cantley Rory is definitely the feature pairing. Uh, yeah, f- feature pairing seems like an appropriate uh, appropriate way to describe that. Do you? <laughs> um, I, obviously, this hasn't been the case in the last few majors with no fans, but. Do you think that it's just ironic enough to happen where Rory finally completes the career Grand Slam in a year where there's no spectators to watch him do it in person? Uh, it would be kind of ironic, but uh, I saw the I saw a really funny meme. Uh, the first scene was Rory asking for a dragon for Christmas from Santa Claus. And uh, Santa goes, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And then Rory goes, how about a green jacket? And he goes, uh, what color dragon were you hoping for? <laughs> I thought that was pretty, 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 uh, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's um, great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't, I got to believe for a guy that's won as many majors as Rory, it's not the fan appeal. Um, yeah, but who course. knows? Maybe it's, maybe he sees... Maybe there's mental block holes. Maybe on who knows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we that'd be one of those things where we'd have to ask him firsthand, kind of what he's thinking. And it was cool to get some of that 
on our interview that will uh, air later. Sure, yeah. Oh, man, God, I'm just getting so excited. Just thinking about watching, God, what, just watching golf for just 10 straight hours for four straight days. It really, <laughs> oh, it's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it's going to change my challenge my mental acumen. So, all right, man. So we, we got a couple pairings there. Um, let, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little uh, odds. Let's. Uh, what... Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously Bryson's like eight to one. DJ's just behind him. Rory's just behind him. Kepka. Uh, the ones I looked at were just because of the weather and straight out gate. I, I looked at top ten prior first round odds, and I circled some that looked extremely attractive. Ooh. Um, to finish top ten at Augusta, Paul Casey is plus four sixty one. Mm. For a guy that has a great track record there, um, and has been playing good golf in twenty twenty two, and has been playing good golf, um, a guy that's been having a great year, a rebirth, uh, I, sh- I should say, great last couple years, definitely worth twenty dollars. Brendan Todd is plus eleven fifty five hmm. for a, a top ten, and this is a Georgia boy. This is a bulldog. Uh, I have that one highly circled if I'm going to be making some $10, $20 top 10 bets. Yeah. Um, Gary Woodland plus 846 uh, for a top 10, for Hmm. a possible backdoor top 10 on a golf course like that. Hmm. Uh, That one I circled twice. Uh, And then I've got two. Actually, I've I've got four that are circled three times because I think they're just absolute locks. Triple circles. Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka is plus one fifty seven for a top ten, and he has admittedly said that he's in great form. Yeah, he uh, says that entering a major. If he says that entering a major, as you know, we're gonna listen. And did he? Did he not? Uh, did he not play pretty damn well in uh, in Houston this past weekend? Leave you finished second or third. Oh, is, is is that good? Yes. Okay. All right. Good to know. After a horrible first round. Yep. Um, Patrick Cantlay at plus two sixteen. Just the way he's been playing, I think, is oh. a virtual walk. And that's to finish 10. top 10? Top 10, dude. They're going to be better than 2-1? to you, one? Can more than, you can more than double your money on that bet right there. <sighs> wow, that is... Oh, man. That, that is enticing. This one is probably more obvious. Um, Justin Thomas is plus 127, but that's a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be there just about every major now. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him. Matsuyama, plus 250. Coming off second place last week. Interesting. It's, it's not. It's he's definitely due for a really good major finish. So, huh. got those guys circled. Uh, uh, DJ is even money at plus one hundred. Yeah, that makes sense. Rory plus one twenty five. Probably just forgot to circle him twice, like I did JT. <laughs> um, Where's Tony Fino at to finish top ten? Tony Fino. I wrote him down. Let me find him on my sheet here. I think he was not. Uh, it wasn't very attractive. Because I mean, that, isn't that kind of like the running joke on this program? Is that you know the guy's never going to win, but just as long as just just lock in that top ten uh, that top ten bet and don't even think about it. Maybe I, maybe I didn't write him down. Hmm. I might have omitted. If, you know, I'll have to. We'll do an update. But I, if I if, we'll cut if, that out. If <laughs> JT is plus one twenty seven, and Matsi almost plus two fifty, I would and Cantlay's plus two sixteen. I would think Finau is in that two fifty range. To 200 somewhere mm-hmm. in there okay yeah which sounds, uh, sounds pretty good to me fleetwoods plus 340 so somewhere probably right in there uh i like i like a lot of these top 10 bets especially if you're going to a book where uh you could parlay a couple of these 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 top 10s oh, yeah. together Ooh, you could you could start getting some that's pretty if you're looking pretty to go excellent parlay, if you're looking to go parlay route 
Uh, Poulter is plus 776 for a top 10. Mm. Stenson plus 1200. Mm. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know anything about what Henrik Stenson's been doing the last like month or two. Has he has he been playing good golf? Flying under the radar, I think. Oh, Bubba plus 250. Okay. Uh, top 10. That's, hey, the guy's only won the tournament multiple times. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably a, that wow. could be a, interesting. A, a real, real lock. Interesting. So if we go, um, if we're talking, if we jump off the top ten train, and we're talking about guys just to flat out like to win outright. Yeah. Of of all the the front runners, the guys with the you know the odds, like the top twenty yeah. top twenty guys in the world. Where, where where's your head at? I mean, wh- who who are some guys that you uh, you might think about sprinkling some capital on? Uh, to, maybe, to maybe win this thing. Well, I, I want to get your take on of the guys that are the favorites, and then also maybe with some guys with some odds longer than say like twenty five to one. Favorites, uh, I'm not going to bet a winner until the weekend. But I mean, Rom obviously in good form. Mm-hmm. Xander good form. Justin Thomas is going to be there. DJ Kepka, Rory. I, that's why it's. I, I don't have as strong. A, I mean, I, I'm waiting to the weekend to, okay. to make a, make a win bet. Wise. Um, it's just. Uh, we don't know. We've never seen these conditions before. Yeah, it's a good. Our point. guest mentioned to a couple different, you know, scenarios, and uh, you know, it's. I think it's gonna be a little different this year. You know, and we can like we could be washed out on Thursday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think it's just because it's it's been a pretty decent layoff since the last major. Um, obviously not as much as as in years past with it used to be in April, but uh, no one's really standing out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got guys that are, you got maybe a pod of like 10 guys that are, seem to be have elevated them as favorites from the field, but uh, nothing is, nothing form wise. Like two years, was it three years ago when DJ uh, hurt his ankle and he fell on the rental house? Yeah. That is the biggest, that was the biggest lock vibe I've had just because he was destroying everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that, that's the best golf I feel like he's been playing in his entire career going and into that tournament. That was, yeah, that was been, heinous. He's been, He's been playing great uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to pick anyone, I would probably lean towards him. I, I think but I kind of would that, too. That that can wait until Saturday. That can wait until Friday evening. Friday. Yeah, because I feel like the if you're talking about like odds like to win, you know, even if you're placing a bet after after the second round, that's not like the odds are going to change that dramatically from like eight, I don't, 10, 11 I don't, to one, right? I don't envision like a five or six stroke lead. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Where it's going to be lopsided and. You're gonna to have to take a. You're not gonna take the chalk. You're gonna take a long shot. So, For sure. um, yeah, top ten is my thing this week. Uh, prior to start, and I like then that. I will pick a winner Friday evening. Beautiful. What about uh, what about some long shots? You got you got any guys a little further down on the uh, the world rankings that uh, you think uh, have a chance to be a little frisky this week? I think he he was maybe there early last year. I don't like know a lot about the guy, but I know he's South African and his name is Justin Harding. Hmm. Um, his odds to win have to be crazy because his odds for a top 10 are 20 plus 2200 oh so his his odds uh yes we'll stick top 10 real quick rafa is plus 1500 plus almost almost plus 1600 for a top 10 Ooh. um long hitter of the ball um bernhard longer just doesn't hit it far enough anymore but he's he's like plus 3100 for a top 10 wouldn't that be crazy <laughs> Stenson plus 1200 for top 10. I just, he hasn't been that good at form. Hmm. Tiger, the, the odds makers aren't really liking Tiger this week. He's plus 300, uh, plus 318 to make top 10. Yeah, but that's um, the thing is, if his name's not Tiger Woods, anybody playing the kind of golf that he has the last couple yeah. months, I mean, what, what do those odds look like? They got to be long. Yeah, probably in the bottom of the board. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, long shot wise to win. I mean, I'm just looking at my sheet here. Terrell Hatton, maybe? I'm, I'm guessing he's yeah, probably... Terrell Hatton's not a bad move. Absolutely. He's probably, I don't know, probably 30 to 1, 35 to 1, somewhere in there. Um, a lot, lot of juice going into this weekend. Uh, there, there, it seems like there's, there's just... You, know, you could fill your shit out in like a thousand different ways, you know, oh, for, man, for this weekend. You could go, a, you could go a ton endless. of different ways, man. Yeah. I, it's the first time I've looked this hard at the top 10 lines, and it's kind of blown my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's the thing is if you're if you're placing bets before the tournament, I I'm with you in that I I think that the, the top ten bet is a lot more fun than just trying to pick a winner before the tournament starts because like, it's just it it, it it leaves so much and excitement mainly, open mainly for for because, Sunday. If your guy had, if your guy craps a bet out of the out of the out of the starting gate, he can still backdoor a top ten. Yeah, hundred percent. He's most likely not going to backdoor a win, but he can backdoor a top ten with a good weekend. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm a big fan. I, I'm I don't know. I'm such an idiot, Kyle. I should have been looking at stuff a long time ago. <laughs> you are forgiven, at least by the Golf Guide podcast. You, you, yeah, you're feeling good. All right, man. Well, so we've got some that. odds there. Uh, I, I think it's it, it's time for a tradition here uh, before yeah. before a big major championships vote. And uh, I, I think we need we need some sage counsel. All right, we need we need mm-hmm. wisdom from you uh, to yeah. let me and the rest of listeners know that of all the guys that are in the field this weekend, I need to know exactly which players have no fucking chance to win this thing it, it, it so it's it's it's, uh, it's one player and i guarantee you can guess who it is uh is he a former masters champion unfortunately he is <laughs> you don't say <laughs> danny uh, will not will it ever, ever win again <laughs> i just can't stand the guy i just it, it still it still defies not just logic, but even even one's own imagination to to to, to think about Danny Willett uh, donning a green jacket. It, it, it is over here at holdingagrudge.com. dot com. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have to admit though, if the list is ends at Danny Willett, I'm a little. I was a little curious because I was going to actually, I was actually going to well, propose. I have, a, I, I have an asterisk one. Okay, you know right. who you know who also is not going to win. I mean, I, wait, what's it again? Torbjorn Olsen. Oh, man. I don't oh. know if he's ever going to be in another field again. The, the Filthy Flyer. Except on the European Tour. Oh, yeah. Filthy Flyer. Oh, that's a great nickname. Yeah, I mean, you know, Thorbjorn, the Filthy Flyer, just, uh, oh, yeah, that makes there. sense. I'm going to go ahead and say he's got no chance. I The, the one that actually I was going to ask you, and we, we've already yeah. brought up his name a little bit, and my initial instinct is to say that he's got no chance, but... I think just out of respect, you can't put him on the list. But given everything we've seen this year, I mean, what what do you reasonably think about Tiger for for the, for this tournament? I mean, it's so it's so I'm hard to gonna, imagine at, him at playing Augusta, well. I'm never going to put him on a no fucking chance list, and I'm never going to put Phil on a no fucking chance list. Phil yeah. has been playing terribly, awful, except awful. on the on the Champions Tour, but on the on the main tour, I mean, hey. Who knows? He's riding a hot horse. Did you see him end his round uh, last week by well, hooping a 193-yard shot? I I, missed, I saw the highlight cut. afterwards. I, did, I wasn't watching it live. He missed the cut, but he's got a lot of momentum, per se. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, Those man. Those guys will never be, my, never be on my no-fucking-chance list at Augusta. Ever, yeah. Just I, because I, that's, yeah, the place probably just it, it mentally just sharpens their game immediately when they walk on the grounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, the, the same thing you're saying about Jordan Spieth, you know, how he yeah. can kind of find himself. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. He's only he's only won one. 
But uh, yeah, Tiger and Phil, that's, I mean, that's like second nature to those two. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, shoot, man. Well, uh, let's see here. But anything else that you want to touch on, man, before we start setting uh, setting things up for the interview that we recorded for, for, the, for this podcast? Uh, you guys are in for a treat. Um, it was, it was great, uh, great having JJ on, um, good catching up. We did a couple different, you know, Chico segment touched on, uh, Harding a little bit of PGA and then got in the masters and it was, uh, you know, Kyle, you let me kind of take the reins and, uh, but it was, uh, it was fun to reconnect, um, miss the guy happy for him and, uh, hopefully he can, uh, scratch out another major championship. Yeah, for sure, man. So for anybody that uh, is unfamiliar, so JJ uh, is the caddy for uh, the 2020 PGA champion Colin Morikawa, who is making his Masters debut uh, this weekend. And uh, Jess and JJ, I, I guess, did you guys know each other before you played yeah, uh, we knew, played we college knew, golf together? Played high school, high school golf and country club golf, uh, junior team golf against each other, junior golf, and then uh, I got up to JJ. Uh, uh, JJ was a sophomore at Chico, my freshman year. And, got it. Uh, played three years together and um you know we talk a little bit jj was a hell of a player he won uh individual national championship uh, two times was uh, arnold palmer and uh jack nicholas award winner um he carried us to a uh, second place uh, finish and uh well mainly fifth place finish uh my sophomore year and then a second place finish my uh junior year and uh yeah hell of a player played a palmer cup team that's how we met ryan moore they were teammates um it was uh it was great reconnecting and uh we got a lot of good insight from him um i really enjoyed the interview as, as i'm sure you did yeah dude i i, I gotta tell you just as you said that uh, pr- pretty much right up until the last three minutes of the podcast i did not say a word and i was honestly at no point during the course of that interview was i ever even tempted to pick up my microphone to speak because i was just having such a good time just listening to the two of you guys go back and forth it uh it, it was great to listen to and i'm actually really excited for for all the listeners of this podcast to uh to tune in here uh, for the yeah. next 45 minutes because just some really really good stuff Fantastic. so yeah before we th- before we throw it there just another big thanks to jj for taking the time you know call- jack of that great dude just ca- calling us from his rental house in augusta georgia you know what 36 hours ahead of the uh the, the 2020 master starting it's pretty it was a pretty big good get. stuff it was uh yeah it was a big get and he was uh he was happy to be on and we texted afterwards and uh yeah man he was he had a lot of fun yeah, absolutely. All right, with that, everybody, let's uh, we're, we're going to throw it to our interview with JJ here on the Golf Guide Podcast Boat. Uh, we're going to have a great tournament here, man. I, I hope you enjoy yourself this weekend, and hopefully we get a chance to maybe even uh, watch a little bit together. Now, now that I am a Sonoma County resident once again, maybe absolutely. we could find a, a place to uh, maybe watch some highlights or something like that when you're not working. That'd be great. Definitely. Maybe we uh, maybe we wrangle in uh, Coach Coach Simonak maybe for Ooh. some uh, some libations and uh, maybe a wheel or two and a uh, little, little masters. It sounds to me like a plan is starting to form. All right, I like it. Beautiful. All right, with that, uh, without any further delay, everybody, enjoy this interview with JJ Colin Morikawa's caddy here on the Golf Guide Podcast, and have your guys or have yourselves a phenomenal, phenomenal Masters weekend. Enjoy, everybody. Go Augusta. All right, man. We're here with uh, my Chico Steed teammate and uh, current caddy for number four ranked player in the world, Colin Morikawa, JJ Jakovic. How you doing, partner? Good, Steamer. How you doing? Good, man. It's been uh, it's been a while. Uh, you've been a little busy the last eighteen months or so, uh, understandably so. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we've been playing some good golf, and I actually just had a little uh, new little boy too. So I got a I got a two and a half year old and a two week old. So wow, man, that very, is uh, very busy. That's that is 
fantastic news uh that's great to hear i didn't i mean we haven't uh caught up that much with two kids that's uh two kids caddying full-time you got your hands full on partner yeah it's it's nice though i mean it's a it's tough to be on the road but uh it is a very nice um situation still because you know being caddying for a, a player like that or a player that i used to caddy for ryan moore you yeah. don't play as much as you'd think so i still get I'm on the road a lot, but I'm but I'm home for more than half the year, which is nice. And when I'm home, I'm home. So that's that's a good thing. It's just tough when you get to go two or three weeks in a row on the road. So that's uh, very true. And uh, Vegas is home these days. Yeah, I moved to Vegas. Uh, obviously, as you know, I'm from Napa, California, and I moved mm-hmm. to Vegas. Uh, God, it was probably 2012 now, so eight years ago. Wow. Um, so yeah, Vegas is where I make make home now. Time flies, dude. Um... So let's yeah, just, know, uh, about it. <laughs> Masters Week, your time is valuable. Let's jump right in. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to start with a couple of Chico questions before we get to the good stuff. So, okay. Our okay. Listen, so Kyle is also a Chico State grad and was living there until recently when the wife got a nursing job here in Santa Rosa. Um, and a lot of our listener base is Northern California, Chico, and Santa Rosa. So a lot of ties there naturally. First question, mm-hmm. probably the most important question Celestinos or Frankie's? Oh, uh, I got to go Frankie's. <laughs> hey, we did eat uh, a lot of pizza just late because, at night. Yeah, yeah, just because it was normally a get a slice at the window at, right before they closed at 2 a.m. kind of exactly. thing. So. I, yeah. would, uh, I would tend to agree with you there. I'm a big Chelly's fan, but uh, definitely enjoyed Frankie's probably more, I should say. Um, so next question, as you mentioned, you're from Napa, grew up playing Kennedy Park. This is going to be a tough one. What's the better okay. Muni, Bidwell Park or Kennedy Park? Oh, that is a good one. I really enjoy Bidwell's awesome. Um, Kennedy Park is a much more difficult golf course, like for sure. Key to Green. It's a like a it's like a legit, you know, water and play on. I think it's fifteen holes. Mm-hmm. All the greens are turtle back. So I mean, Bidwell Park's a really fun golf course, and we had a, we had a lot of good times out there. It's a good place to practice, and it was it was fun. But I'm going to give the edge to Kennedy. You're biased, but I, I can believe where you're coming yeah, from because I, it, it I, is a harder I, golf course. I am biased. I mean, I learned I learned golf there also. So I am Absolutely. If it, if the tables were turned and I had to choose between Bennett Valley and, and Bidwell, I'd probably take Bennett Valley as well. Right, exactly. All right. So are we on social media yet? I know we're on LinkedIn. Uh, are we on any <laughs> Twitter, so, Facebook, so, Instagram? So yes, we're on, we're on LinkedIn, but only by uh, default. I don't check that. I don't. I get the notifications and I saw your notification, but no, there is no social media life. Uh, I don't have anything. I actually, I take that back. I do have an Instagram account. Yeah. That is just, I only follow my wife so I can see baby pictures when I'm on the road more. Gotcha. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm missing out, but at the same time, I see everyone who's hooked on it all the time. And I'm just like, you know what? It's, I'm, I'm good without it. I'm happy yeah. without it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, Mark Peterson, our teammate at Chico Pito is the same way. And, uh, he isn't on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of that. And we connected on LinkedIn and he sent yeah. me a text message going, I see what you're doing here. You're just, you're just connecting with hot babes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He actually, uh, he sent me something on LinkedIn and I actually gave him a reply because his headshot was so hilarious. It was like, <laughs> I swear it was his, 
I swear it was his like junior prom picture on his LinkedIn page. So I gave him some shit for that. And it's pretty funny, but he, this is he true. It's just, like, yeah, his LinkedIn, be- his LinkedIn photo is just his big old noggin. Yeah. <laughs> the one guy I know who's got a bigger head than me. He's got a big head people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, move, those were, those were good times. Shout out to Pito. I doubt he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Harding, dude. Let's talk about Harding for a little bit. Um, what a yeah. week, man. What a week. That weekend has to be probably some of the best 36 holes you've ever witnessed in your life. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? The stats say so, right? I mean, it, yeah. it was impressive. He was he was impressive all week. He just had this calm about him. And, um, I mean, he always does. But yeah. even, you know, like you, we, we, were, I mean, we were, we were pretty easily inside the cut line with, like, six holes to go on Friday, but it was one of those things where I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure if he makes a couple bogeys, like just two bogeys, we're getting close to that cut line. And yeah. then, um, and then on the weekend, yeah, he just, he played great. And he, I mean, I can tell you, I, I don't know what questions you want to ask me, but the, no, what everyone talks about, obviously the pitch in on 14 was ridiculous. The drive on 16. Yeah. The, he made, he made a, 27th eight footer for par on one and he made about a 30 footer for par on six that yeah. didn't get on tv actually yeah. a lot of my friends were like they were watching and they're like they're like oh colin missed the green and chipped it way by and he's at that time he's still like only one back of the lead yeah and then they didn't show it. they came back from commercial and everyone's like what what colin do and they look at the scoreboard and they said he parted and it never got on tv so those were two massive putts that day to keep momentum and keep, you know, not to say he wouldn't have done that without those, but you know, golf, man, it's a oh, big yeah, momentum you game. And, oh, hundred percent. I mean, if you make, you make a 30 footer for par on a tough hole, like six in a major on Sunday, it's honestly better than making a birdie putt. That's like know? birdie it's momentum almost. Right. I mean, I gotta, I gotta, no, I, it's, I think it's better than birdie momentum. Honestly, like it's, yeah. you feel, you feel great about, that you know you feel great about a birdie on a hole like that but making a 30 footer for par on that hole is huge oh, i can imagine god it had to be god man i mean so when he's making putts like that and you know how important they are i mean you're just about your business right but uh, uh, underneath you're just you're just boiling over right uh on it not really honestly because i'm the same oh yeah I mean, you, you were, know i've yeah, I I have I have experience playing in tournaments and obviously nothing like a nothing like a major championship on the weekend yeah. nothing like that but like honestly I feel like it's the same kind of uh, mindset that the player has there where I'm just like all right you know I, obviously I'm stoked he made the putt but I'm yeah. just like he makes the putt and I'm thinking about the strategy on seven and where we're gonna go on seven what we're getting on eight and where's the pin on nine and things like that yeah. I did get a little distracted though on nine t on Sunday because he was like. He just hit a ridiculous hybrid in there. Like one of the best, had to be one of the best shots of the day. Yeah. And, uh, and the wind's pumping off the left, the pins back left, you know, eight at Harding, I'm sure it's like two fifty or something brutal. And the pins back left winds off the left. I mean, it's a brutal hole. It really, I'm sure the average score was 3.6 or something that day. And he hits this like draw holding hybrid right at it, lands right at it, rolls down to like 20 feet. It was a ridiculously good shot makes misses the putt, but then, uh, we, we're going to the next tee, and he hits his tee shot, really good one down nine. And he's like, you see Steph over there? And I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> Steph Curry right there. I'm like, no, because you know me, I'm a big Warrior fan. 
And yeah, uh, I suppose. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is Steph. So he, he got a pass. He somehow snuck his way out there with a couple of his buddies. And there, there wasn't many people out there. So yeah. you can uh, imagine I, I, I saw Steph. And then I gave him off 10. Colin smoked it down 10. Yeah. He was watching us hit on 10. And I, gave, I gave him a Warriors. And he gave me the three-point <laughs> three signal. And it was pretty nice. cool. And then afterwards, oh. I got to talk to him for like after, – after Colin won, I got to talk to him for like 20 minutes. That was probably – one of the highlights of the week for me. What yeah. a cool story, dude. Um, wow, that's fantastic. I remember seeing him there. The camera's covering. That's great. A uh, couple more yeah. things about Harding. How loud did you laugh when you saw Colin break the Wanamaker trophy? <laughs> I was laughing. It was pretty good. He didn't break it. The top he didn't break off. it. And actually, his... <laughs> and actually, do you know that's happened a lot of times in history? Guys yeah. who take the lid's falling off. Yeah, I think was... it's ridiculous. They don't like tape it on or something like that's because you know some they're going to lift it up over their head and seriously you know, Vel- so. Velcro that thing. I think it's uh yeah there was uh another trophy actually that the Clara Jug too and it, it it had been brought into the same repair shop a couple times. Yeah, I think um, I think it was a perfect guy for that to happen to because everyone likes calling smile and. Oh, kind of an re- infectious kid, and 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 his reaction was priceless. His reaction was, ear to ear, like, "Oh my god, I his, can't believe that just happened." It was it was all time. Uh, celebration wise, I know we were during COVID, but did you guys celebrate or try and celebrate at all? Um, not really, man. We we uh, honestly, like, I've won, I've won as a caddy at the tournaments on tour, yeah. but I've never. I'd never won a major and you would not believe the media he's got to do. Oh, I bet. I mean, he was, we didn't get settled down at the clubhouse until they made us dinner. Me, his coach, his agent, there's a little nook upstairs at the, yep. at the, uh, at Harding. And we, they made us dinner where the PGA, like the headquarters were located and stuff. And we were sit, sitting there and we sat down they brought us dinner. I think it was at nine 30. He had three, three and a half, three, three and a half hours of media. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was. Insane. Hopefully, it was so, a quiet dinner just, table. Uh, yeah, we just talked about the day and reflected yeah. a little bit on it and had some wine and. Uh, um, all, that night I just went to the. I had a, I already booked a hotel room at the Hyatt because because of COVID. They mm-hmm. obviously you can imagine SFO to Vegas. They usually have a flight an hour. Well, yeah. the crazy thing was the last flight was like at four thirty. You couldn't oh. get to Vegas that night, and I mean, we ended up flying private the next day. Yeah. But the the I had to book a hotel room at the Hyatt, so I was just like, "All right, we were done about ten fifteen. I drove to the San Francisco Hyatt and crashed. Actually, I didn't crash. That's not true. I I was still on a little high, so I probably didn't go to bed till about one. I bet. But that's. Uh, but that's I, we didn't do we didn't we didn't do much tonight. We we went out the next week in Vegas and uh, had a nice dinner and hung out a little bit. But do you ever run into uh, Kurt Kitayama in Vegas? Not in Vegas, really. But I see him in, in tournaments from time to time that he that he plays in on tour and like, uh, you know, he played yeah. he's played in a couple of World Golf Championships and a couple of majors and stuff. So, but I do tell the story all the time about how like. <laughs> Uh, he put, you know, he's dragging his bag around Butte Creek with us when oh, we yeah. were practicing there and stuff. And, and he was and teeny. Everybody thought his, he was teeny. He was, I mean, he could have been more than, he could have been more than, uh, eight or nine at the time, but he looked yeah, like he, he was about I, six. Yeah. He had to be like and, 10. He had to be like 10, but he, he looked like he 10, was literally yeah. just starting T-ball. 
Exactly. And then, and I, but I remember watching him swing and stuff. And his brother was a good, good high his brother was a stick too. He, his, I think his brother was like the number one or two man on the high school team. And then, and then I he, was saying, he went to go I, play I remember saying, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I remember thinking and saying like this, his brother, this, this Kurt kid, watch out for him. He's going to be good as soon as he grows a little bit. He and then the now he gets like, he's still only, yeah, he's still only five, and he hits at 3.30. So. Yeah, he kills the ball. He's got some speed. Yeah, he does. Crazy. All right, so yeah. we'll wrap up the PGA. Now we'll move on to good stuff. And this okay. is uh, the Masters, man. So this is your – how many Masters have you looped in? This is my seventh. Seventh. Oh, my God. Time I was, flies someone, someone asked me about it. Someone asked me earlier that week, yeah. Because I worked for Ryan, and he there was a couple years that he didn't he wasn't in the top 50 in the world and he hadn't won. So he wouldn't have been qualified, but he had finished twice those years, just randomly the year before he finished top 12 or top 16. It used to be, Mm -hmm. and then they moved it to top 12 and he, he did that to qualify the year before. So he played in 2012 to 2018. That's amazing. God, we're getting old, man. Um, Sorry. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 2013 to 2018. Yeah. Wow. Um, how crazy is that there was no private caddies allowed until 1983? I just I just found that out. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean that's it was a different it was a different time, man. Caddies, I mean I'm friends with a lot of old timers that have been out here a long time, and um, it's a different breed of people now. Now it's mostly college grads that are really good players that are just because the money's so different now than it used to be then. And back then they'd oh, take sure. four to a room, four four guys to a room, and uh, oh, yeah. Drive all over the country, drive all all over the country in somebody's car, and um, it was a different it was a different time. Um, for yeah, sure. that's what my, but my, yeah, my that's, dad was that's... he was out there for three years with Kermit Zarley and uh, Rocky Thompson and a couple other guys, but uh, he said it was it was not the life it is now, um, as far as no, you know, your yeah. your accommodations and all that stuff. But that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Kind of a kind of a joke question here. Bigger tingles driving through the gate at Bidwell or down Magnolia Lane? Uh, well, I've never driven down Magnolia Lane. Uh, so. Is there a is there a, is there a side entrance for the caddies? Yeah, we have uh, we have a pretty good parking lot across the street. I mean, Augusta owns everything around there, so yeah. our parking lot's right across Washington Street, like a probably a two hundred and fifty yard walk from gate number four, which is where. It's called the walk-in working badge entrance. So you have to be a, you have to be working, not like volunteers that are doing the shot link, but like actual Augusta employees gotcha. and caddies come in, come in this entrance. That's like maybe 75 yards or a hundred yards down uh, to the, to the West of Magnolia lane. Actually I've driven, I've been in a car down Magnolia lane, but I've never driven down Magnolia lane, Got but it's pretty cool driving, like getting, being in the car, driving down it for sure. I got it. It's a crazy some... entrance. It's a crazy entrance because actually Colin told me when he our first day here he uh, he missed it. He he drove past it. <laughs> so it's just a little hole, just a little hole in the hedges. You'll miss it if, it, if you don't know where it is. Yeah, it's like maybe the entrance to an Olympic Club or SF Club where you can just be driving along and be like, "Whoa, what? I know it's around here somewhere." Yep, exactly right. Same kind that's, of deal. That's very cool. All right, so uh, food wise, are we going the barbecue sandwich or the pimento cheese sandwich? Um, I'm definitely not a pimento cheese fan. I've had, I do, I do the egg salad. I like the egg salad. It's super plain, but consistent. Um, they actually take really good care of us at the caddy house there. So that's, we get, 
Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to ask. I had, but... I had, I had a seer, Asian seared ahi salad for lunch. So it's a little, oh. it's a little, <laughs> yeah. So we don't eat, I don't eat much of the uh, yeah. normal uh, food there. But if you had to, if you want my opinion on what the, my favorite thing that they sell to the patrons is just this plain old egg salad. Yeah, my buddy uh, Adam Zuer used to, he was also a Chico State Wildcat. He he was there a couple years ago, and he said he had like four a day. He couldn't stop having enough of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that for sure. Plus, they only cost like a dollar twenty-five or something. So. <laughs> I know that's crazy. The menu always cracks me up when I get to look at it uh, when they post it online. That's so funny. Yeah, Collins coach. Collins coach was in kid in the candy store today. He's because they don't let the coaches walk inside the where the ropes would be during yeah. the practice rounds, which is kind of weird to me. But Mary. he was outside walking. He's watching the round. Like they can go on the range and coach, but they can't do it during practice rounds. But gotcha. all the concession, all the concessions are open, even though there's no patrons. Yeah. It's just all free. You just go <laughs> up and get whatever you want. Oh, I, well, I mean, you got to figure. And we've we've talked about it, me calling. It's much hillier than the 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 Telvin gives it gives it justice. Correct. Yeah, that's that's the one thing actually that I think most people say that both Colin and his coach said. Like, especially when you're standing on the 10th tee, yeah. like that hole is down a mountain, you know, it's hard to really tell on TV, but I mean, that, I mean, that tee shot plays 25 yards downhill, probably. Good Lord. That's so, yeah. That, yeah. That, it's that's a big, it's, a, it's a built on the side of a hill. And then the, the bottom holes like uh, 11, 12, 13 are kind of at the bottom of the hill. And then 14, you start going back up. That's awesome. That's crazy, man. Um, Kind of a joke here on Tiger. Have you heard any of the past champions give Tiger shit about his menu tonight? <laughs> I have not. I have not. I have not. But <laughs> I know that. I know that. I know that Tiger's favorite food is uh, fajitas. So, all right. There you so, go. There you go. Now, now we know. All right. Uh, sticking on the food. Better milkshake, Jack's Place or Augusta? This is kind of a running joke with the caddies. It's like, all right. It's hard to make a bad milkshake, am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's a milkshake. Yeah. But that being said, I'd probably, I'd probably give it to Muirfield. Okay. Good. They have, cool. they have, they have more of a, they have a more of a variety of flavors, and um, you can do more things to it. So I'm gonna give it to Muirfield. Good to know. Good to know. All right. To golf. What's your favorite hole out there? At Augusta. Yeah. Um, I should have been ready for this question. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think probably thirteen. Yeah, I can. I could. I think uh, probably, fall, go ahead. Thirteen's an awesome hole. I mean, it's just it's just such a good hole. It's kind of sucky that the guys are making it. The long guys are going to make it. You're going to see what they're going to do to it this year, like Rory and 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 Bryson, but. Cause they can hit it over everything and have a nine iron or wedge in, but oh my goodness. if you're a normal, good, really good golfer, you can't hit it over the hill. You kind of drive it into the side hill. Then you, if you had a really good drive, you've got a four or five iron, which is a short club into a par five, but you're on the biggest hanging lie, like a baseball swing up a big right to left lie yeah. into a green. That's very unforgiving. You can't miss really left. You can't miss right. There's a Creek. Um, just a, and then just so much stuff can happen there. That, that hole is such a turning point in the tournament so many years, you know, where it's like a, sort of like, I mean, just sort of like we did at the PGA on 16 where it was, there's lots of masters where there's like six guys that can win it. And then one guy will, will make Eagle on 
13 yeah. and jump out of the pack, you know? And so for those two reasons, the hole itself and the fact that it plays such a big part in, in the tournament outcome, usually, um, those are pretty awesome holes. I think, oh, I think 13, I mean, I really like 12, but that's kind of cliche, but it's a, it's a phenomenal par three. That's a, that's a great answer, dude. Um, oh, real quick, I forgot to PGA. Was the plan always to hit driver on 16, regardless of where you stood or the wind? At, uh, no, PGA? no, not at all. Not, not at all. Actually, the plan was he was not going to hit driver. Really? We didn't think, we didn't know, but we didn't think they were going to move the tees up as far as they did. Well, how far so, did they move them up? Like 30 yards? I don't know. It was 273 front. So, yeah, at least probably 50 yards from the wow. back. Wow. So we thought they'd move them up 30, make it like 290 or 295 to the front, three something to the hole, and it would be like, all right, even if we get a good drive, we'd probably still be just short. So are we risking it to just get a chip, or what's the deal? Like, what should we really do that? And we go – I knew it when we were on the fairway on – number uh 15 i looked over on the tee the next group in front of us and i was like man those tees are up a long ways yeah i mean he hit a good wedge and he hit a good wedge in 15 and just missed the putt and we're walking over there and he just i got the number to the front and to the pin and the wind's in off the left and i didn't want to make we talked about not hitting driver so i didn't want yeah. to make it seem like i didn't want to make it seem like i thought he had to hit driver i didn't want yeah. to hit it if he was uncomfortable with it but the whole time i thought it was driver because it's a perfect driver for him so how that conversation um, how that conversation go? That's what I was getting ready to say. It was like yeah. it was basically like um sorry, I'm getting I'm down on the dock by our house and I'm starting starting to rain, so I'm going inside. Hold on. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um basically it was uh it was all right, you got usually we would be talking about a layup number, but the first thing yeah. I said was it's two seventy three front, two ninety six hole. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, all right. And he's kind of standing there. And then I said, he said, the wind's off the left a little in, right? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, it's a perfect driver, isn't it? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh, that's and he so just cool. Grabbed, he just grabbed driver and smoked it. And he hit this beautiful little cut. And it's going right to the middle of the green. The wind's pushing it. And there's a little ledge short of that green. Yep. Right on the right kind of corner where it, it, it's flat. And then if you go a step right of that, it starts to slope left to right down into mm -hmm. that bunker. So you can actually see me on the TV coverage because I'm standing to the right and those big trees on the right are in my way. So I can't see where the ball's landing. I so saw I you sprinting to the, the left side. Yeah, I spread to the left because I wanted to see the bounce because both of him and I at the exact same time said one straight bounce, one yeah. straight bounce. Because if it bounces straight, you did good. It was on the right line. If it gets one straight bounce, it's going to hop up on the green and be perfect. And sure enough, that thing just bounced dead straight right at it. And then I said, go in, but it was, it was perfect. Oh. But then the, the, to make that putt was everyone was like, Oh, that tournament was over after that drive. And he's like, what are you talking about? At that making that putt was massive because a two yeah. shot lead yeah. in a major is way different than a one shot lead. Oh, for sure. So, it was nice to make that putt. Like he made it right in the middle, buried it. Oh, so. dude, just perfect speed, just dead. I was. Oh, the, the the camera angle was right behind the hole, and as soon as he hit it, and it just it was end over end. I'm like, oh, that yeah. doesn't have a chance to miss. Yeah, we were. He told me on starting on 13. He called me in, and he's like, I want you to read them all for the rest of the day with me, just to like get them, keep them focused. You know. That's and great. We, I called me in on that one, and I we read it, and I'm like, splitting left edge is like not quite enough, and he's like, I'm the same way. 
He's like, but I don't want to get the whole ball outside the hole. And I'm like, I'm the same way. He's like, what if I just hit it a third of the ball in and two thirds of the ball out on the left edge? I'm like, I love it. And you look at that camera angle, he hit that putt exactly where he said yeah. he was going to hit it. And it went right in the middle. No, that's, I, that's, exactly. that's, dude, that's such a cool story about how he brought you in. Cause I mean, played as much golf as I did with you and in, in, in country club golf and college. And even after college, I mean, you're, you're definitely, for me, you're the best greens reader I've ever played with. And I, I'm glad that, I mean, that he brought you in because it's, I mean, you, you truly are, you, I mean, you looked at things that I had never, never really thought about before. And then just getting past the green reading, just your mentality. Uh, I remember one time freshman year, just like, I'm just picking your brain on, you know, up there. And I'm like, uh, you know, so how far are you trying to hit it past? And he's like, well, ideally this is how I want the ball to go in the cup because I'm not thinking about the next one. And yeah, I, I remember that just, good. that, that just hit me. And I'm like, he's thinking about how he wants the ball to roll in the cup because he's not planning on missing it. And that just, I was so taken back by that. Once you start thinking like that offensively instead of defensively, it kind of opens the door mentally. And that's when I started making a lot more putts. So that was, that was yeah. some of the best advice I've ever got in my life. I think that's a, I think that's a good lesson too. Is like, you know, everyone says like, um, guys are die putters. Guys are aggressive putters. Yeah. And I think the the best putters are neither. The best putters are situational. They yeah. dissect they dissect the putt in a situation. I mean, if you have an uphill inside right nine footer, even a guy a guy who you think's a die putter doesn't die that putt in usually. They hit that yeah. putt with authority to keep it online and they make yeah. the putt because they're thinking about burying it, not, you know, just dying it up to the edge and letting that's when you miss putts is when you, you hit a good line but you just don't quite have the the authority to, to keep it online, you know? So it's, For it's, sure. it's all about matching pace, matching pace and speed and committing to what you're doing, you know? Yeah. That's God. That is such a cool story. Um, God, that's cool. Uh, who's Colin playing practice rounds with this week? Who are you guys with? Well, we played 18 by ourselves on Monday, which is pretty nice to get him to see the course the first time. Oh, for sure. Um, and then, um, today, we played with. Um, oh, we played with. We played only to play nine holes today, and we played with a kid who was the uh, U.S. Mid Am champ. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Ma- Michael or McKee? He's an Aussie Aussie kid. It's like Mikhail Ma- Ma- Lucas, McCall Lucas, Ma- something Mikhail, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lucas cool. M- Lucas McKeel or Lucas McCall. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How did he hit it? Yeah. Uh, he did all right. He did all right. It was, yeah, it was all right. So you well, got your, you got your amateur status back, right? You gonna you gonna beat that guy next year in the mid am or what? No, I I'm, I I did so, Jess. I did. Uh, I got it back in like 2013, and I played some tournaments. I played in the U.S. mid am, won a match. Got I was like fifth fifth in the stroke play, and then. I just kind of stopped playing as much and I stopped having the time to do it. And so I don't really honestly play that much golf anymore. I you don't, play. that's gotta be uh nah. so you don't, you don't like, you don't get any games out there with other caddies on, on off days or stuff like that. Yeah, no, I play, I play, I play way more on the road than I ever do at home. I play, oh, okay. I play maybe once if I'm lucky once a week on the road. Nice. That's enough. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely enough, but uh, I haven't in a while. Cause I, 
I guess I say that I haven't because we had two tournaments at home in Vegas. Yeah. Then I took Sherwood off because I had a baby. Then I'm out here for one week. I didn't bring my club. So it's been, you know, I don't, I've probably played one round in the last two months. So. Did uh, when, and you, when, when you're playing these games, who, who are you typically playing with? You got a group of guys or just uh, whoever shows up? That oh, night? yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of good players that like to play. Well, I mean, some there's a handful of guys that like to play, but I mean, it's tough. You go, go caddy 18 holes in the morning in a practice round and practice and then go see off at 2.30 or 2.45 at some course yeah. nearby. Um, a lot of guys don't want to do that, but there's a handful of probably 10 to 15 caddies that regularly want to play a game. So, um, I mean, the best ones are like Travis Perkins, who caddies for Sam Burns. Paul Tesori is a really good player, caddies for Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Anthes is one of my golfing buddies. He works for Rory Sabatini now. There's a, you know, like I said, there's a handful of, sometimes we'll get, we'll usually get, when we have a game, we usually get two groups and we'll play like a two best ball team game kind of deal right. for a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Sweet. After the, uh, after the PGS, uh, uh, Ted Scott, Bubba's, Bubba's caddy posted a really nice, uh, I don't know if you saw it cause you're not on social media, but he made a really nice tweet about you and, uh, and how, you, you know, you were absolutely, you know, absolute stud at Chico and two time individual champion and. Palmer Cup player. Oh, no, and, I, didn't, uh, I didn't see that. Ted's a good friend of mine. That's cool. I did not see that. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I responded. Actually, Ted, and... I, I left. I left Ted out, and he he plays a lot of golf too. So that's he seems like a, seems like a great dude. Um, and then Kip, Kip yeah. Henley, uh, he he made a comment. Uh, yeah. He was he said a couple weeks back he took some of your dough or something, but uh, did he say that? Yeah. Man, <laughs> he's, he's a you got you got to watch out for that Tennessee boy. He's. Great assault. All he does, is, all he does is complain about how I rob him all the time, and he beat me one time, and he's just telling everybody about it. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. He, says, uh, he, he always he always tells he always tells Colin or Ryan or whoever I was working for. He's like, he's like, man, your caddy's just robbing me out there. <laughs> oh, that's great. I hope you are. That kind of kind of reminds me of the time when we were playing the uh, the NGL finals down in Phoenix, and and Joe Carlton thought he was a better pool player than you that was one of my favorite nights playing pool do you remember that did i smoke did i did i smoke him I don't he remember. just kept he kept going double or nothing and then it's, it was got to the point where he owed you like 800 bucks and he <laughs> shelled out the money and like stormed out didn't say goodbye to any of us he's like i'll see you guys on the first team tomorrow i hate your guts <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like funny. yeah jj's a little bit of a bull shark fun. And I tried to warn him too. I was like, I don't think you want to keep going double or nothing, dude. I would just pay the guy because I've seen JJ play a lot of pool, and it, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> I vaguely now that you're uh, you're reminding me, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was like uh, we're there with Schmuel and uh, Tim Bogue, yeah. Adam Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. I, that was fun. Those team things are fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, all right, so condition wise, any changes? Any Anything noticeable? Obviously, this is Colin's first uh, Masters, but anything noticeable you've noticed from years past being on Ryan's bag in April to this week? Like anything that really stands out in your mind? Like anything at all? Oh yeah, it's it's dude, it's very different. The just the 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 main thing is normally in April the rut. I don't know how much your listeners are going to know about overseed because we're from Northern California, but yeah, the, Augusta National is a Bermuda-based golf course. Yeah, and the it's closed in the summer when it would be all Bermuda, mm-hmm. so it's always just rye. So they close it at, uh, a couple of weeks after the ma- or in May, 
Yeah. It, all the rye burns off, and they do an overseed in September, and then when they open it back up in October, the overseed's there. But the difference is they do like three or four overseeds periodically throughout the winter, uh, late fall, early winter. So this overseed hasn't come in very well. Okay. So it's, it's a lot of Bermuda. So it's very, very different than normal years, like as far as the turf that you're hitting off of. Chipping uh, around the greens is certainly a, a chipping a around different, the greens. Yeah, very different. Yep, and it doesn't look as. I mean, I'm sure the TV you won't be able to tell as much. Yeah, um, but it doesn't look as plush as it normally would, just because it's Bermuda grass and it's not that perfect rye. Yeah. So, um, and I talked to a lot of the guys who run the caddy room there, who are actually Augusta caddies, and I'm like, is it? Is this normal? And he's like, oh, this is perfectly normal for this time of year. Early November, he's like, this is just how it is. He's like, in April, come April, it'll be a thick overseed. Because right after we get done this week, they'll throw another overseed on it. And then they'll just have more time to get healthy and thicker. So that's the biggest thing is the overseed. Around the, around the greens, it's so much uh, – it sounds like it's so much different to, to, the, to the point where possibly years past under the different conditions, they would be playing different types of shots. Are we going to see different types of shots around the greens this, this year? You. You definitely would if it wasn't going to rain as much as it is. Okay. It's supposed to, we're, get, we're getting that. They're not sure right now the path of that hurricane that's moving up. They're hoping it goes west. Because right now we're forecasted to get a torrential amount of rain on Wednesday, tomorrow afternoon through Wednesday or yeah. through Thursday. So actually right now, I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm on the outside deck in the yeah. roof and it's actually dumping rain right now. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I, you would. So to answer your question, if it wasn't going to be ultra soft, you would definitely see a lot of like uh, hybrid bump and runs, uh, yeah. bump and runs, two or three hops through the Bermuda because it's not so sticky as like a nice stick rye would be. Gotcha. Um, but it's just uh, going to be one of those things, man. If they turn that if it's super soft around the greens, but they turn the sub air on, and the greens get kind of firm, it's going to be really really difficult to. Chip and piece. I did. I did see the weather. It's going to be kind of like unseasonably warm, probably due to that hurricane that's coming in, right? It's supposed to be. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be like in the low eighties, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely not cold. High seventies, low eighties, but possibly lots of rain up until Thursday afternoon. I mean, some of the models that I that I've seen them looking at, like to the point where Thursday might be a wash. Yeah, kind of thing. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But. So there's not a lot of lot you haven't seen any change in, in Collins like carry yardage based on you know the weather from well he, obviously this is his first time but like you, you feel like he's pretty hitting uh, basically stock yardages. Yeah, I mean it, it, it the ball doesn't go far here. It's basically sea level and it's humid. It goes far in April when there's less humidity and it gets warm and the ground gets firm. Yeah. But a, a big factor in yardages with iron is the the turf so this turf is is soft and sand based so you don't get a good pinch when the ground's firm and you can get a good pinch on the ball and you trap it the ball starts to go a little farther so actually the carry distances right now are actually like they'd be just the same as they are in santa rosa when it's when it's 65 or 70 degrees like you know eight iron goes 160 hits eight iron by 163 or four it's fantastic it's got to be. I mean, Vegas in, in Vegas a few weeks ago, we we're hitting an eight iron, one hundred and eighty. Yeah, so it's a big difference. No, it's it's got to be. 
It's got to be fun uh, warming up with that guy on the range, huh? Um, you know, everything, all the all the shot tracker stuff. It's his misses are basically like a a beach towel, yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, there's a story of. I don't. I, he does hit it great, no question. But there's yeah. a story that I heard that he did a, he did with TrackMan Combine in college, and the guy that was the numbers guru for TrackMan said that his his six iron dispersion is consistent to what an average PGA Tour player's wedge dispersion is. <laughs> that's, so that's for our listeners that don't know. That is, uh, that is that is a bold bold statement. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it is. That's why I said it. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know who did the combine with him or whatever. But that's a. It's that basically means you can hit. You're going to hit 26 irons, and your average. Your your so if a normal PGA Tour player, for those who don't know, uh, say your normal scratch golfer six iron dispersion is an average of 18 to 22 feet offline. A PGA Tour player's 13 feet offline. Collins is seven feet offline. It's crazy with the six iron. That's unbelievable. Uh, wow. What a cool story. Uh, all right. So what's the coolest thing you've seen in your, this is your seventh year now. What's the coolest thing you've seen on the grounds at Augusta? Um, well, one of my favorite things is when, uh, so I've been there early when they let the patrons in, they don't, they don't open the gates till seven thirty. Yeah. And then they don't actually open the golf course because you come in the gates and there's the property is so big. Yeah. People go through the people go through the uh, merchandise building and stuff, and but they actually don't open the gate gate to the golf course until about eight a.m. twenty five to thirty minutes before the first tee time. Yeah, and they have a rope, so it's like a herd of cattle just standing there, ready to go. <laughs> but as you know, at Augusta. At Augusta, there, there, there will be no running or you'll be removed from the property. This so is once true. they open that gate, everyone wants to go out and get their spot, put their chair down where they want to get their spot. Yeah. So there's like 4,000 people power walking like penguins <laughs> like when they open the gate. And that's, my, <laughs> that's oh. my favorite part is like I've actually been out there a couple times to see it. And it's so funny. They're just like, they don't run, but they walk very fast and it looks hilarious with their hands full of chairs and bags <laughs> and stuff um that's not a golf story but that is um, such a such a great visual yeah um i don't know i mean golf wise i'm not even i don't even know how to answer that question there's been some pretty cool stuff i've seen but um it's a it's a treat it's a cool it's, it's a shame that we can't have fans because colin's first time there and i'm thinking about how amazing hearing the roars come up the hill are and all that stuff and right. we won't get any of that so but he'll we'll be back in april and he'll get to see it hopefully if it, if it gets back to uh some fans at least he'll hopefully he's defending here, champion so. how cool would that be that'd be pretty cool yeah that'd be awesome be cool. uh all right quick joke do you ever crop dust scott brown for what he and aiken did to us in orlando <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I see. he's a He's a good dude. We the the year after yeah. he graduated, we in Savannah for nationals. We me and me and Pito shared a couple of ferries with him uh, from the West End into downtown Savannah, and we got to talking. He's a super nice guy. Nice. But they yeah, they did own it. They, they did I, own I, us. Yeah, they did. That's funny. Yeah, we talk about that from time to time. That's great. Uh, so years passed this year. Uh, 
you know, some people say it's a huge advantage for a ball player or who can work it, you know, predominantly right to left. Uh, you think it, is there a whole lot of weight to that statement or um, guy that can work it both ways? Uh, that you tend to, what's your, what's your, what's your, no, I mean, I mean, if you think about the course, um, I mean, people say that, but really it's just two tee shots. I mean, yeah. I mean, where other, where, where else in the course do you really have to turn it other than, um, other than 10 and 13 off the tee. And now while Colin prefers to hit a cut, we worked last week at home in Vegas quite a bit on hitting a draw. And I mean, just for example, today he hit a, he had an un, like a perfect draw driver around the corner on 13 and had 190 yards in. So, I mean, yes, it's nice to be on those tees and be, be, have that be your comfortable shot. Yeah. But it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a must. It's not like you got to do it all day long, right? I mean, even yeah. if you hit that tee shot on 13 in the right trees, you lay it up. The layup's so big. It's not yeah. like you, I mean, you can make birdie from laying it up there pretty easily also. So I don't think that that's – I mean, they said the same thing about Harding, and he won that. So. Yeah. I mean, Harding um, – to be fair, to be fair, I would say Harding is more of a drawer's golf course than, than – I can Augusta. see that. I've obviously never played Augusta, yeah. but I, I, I could definitely see that. That's cool. Um, all right, so I forgot to ask you: uh, Do you like twelve Golden Bell or sixteen Red Bud better? What's your favorite part three out there? Twelve. Uh, Probably a little more history, but it's, <laughs> did you see the footage of John Rahm's hole in one skipping it across the lake today? I did. Yeah, I did. I don't have social media, but it was actually on my news feed. Um, pretty awesome, huh? That's crazy, and that's I you think know, they, they actually. That pin is so far left. Yeah, so I actually changed that. They actually changed that uh, that bank um, where you hit the shot from. So it yeah. used to go like steadily down into the lake. Yeah. And now it, um, now it, it's like they they flattened it out. So it's a little harder to hit that skip shot. Not that it's hard for those guys, the best guys in the world. But I hit one yesterday and I didn't get it. Up. I left it in the water. <laughs> Hey. But when I was there, when I was there in eighteen, I hit one to the pin was on front. I hit one to about eight feet and rolled it into birdie, skipping it. Oh, nice. That's freaking. God. The place is just is it, it's immaculate, right? I mean, it, TV doesn't do it justice. It's probably better in person, like to the point where you're walking on some greens, like making sure that you're not taking too heavy a footstep. Or yeah, it's it's like I said, it's not. I mean, to be fair, it's not in good shape as we're used to seeing it in. Yeah, but it's still incredible. It's still an incredible place, no question about it. That's cool. Uh, something special. My biggest question: uh, Are there really birds chirping on 13T, or is that pumped in through some speakers? No, that's there's birds. Everyone says that, but <laughs> uh, I I saw some uh, <laughs> I saw some today. Um, they're hard to find, though. I mean, you got to look for them. But I mean, I don't know. There could be shit. I don't know. I've heard that same story. There could be some speakers with some sound. But yeah, uh, do some research for me this week, will you? <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you, I can guarantee one thing: that's I will not be able to find that out because the way Augusta does things, if you if they don't want you to know about it, you won't know about it. There'll be hidden speakers. There'll be the speakers might be a tree. It might look like a tree. Like it's insane what they do. Did you uh, did you get to know uh, Fred Ridley at all during your uh, USGA play years? No. 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 Have you met him yet? No. I mean, I I met him, but that's about it. About as far as it goes. 
Seems like he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Definitely. All right, partner. Well, uh, what'd you show? You, what'd you cook tonight? You got a little vino going? Yeah, we. Uh, I made the dinner for the boys. I'm staying with uh, Tim Mickelson, Phil's brother, Caddy, and uh, Luke Reardon. Caddy from Jason Bay. We got a little house down uh, about two miles from Augusta. And um, I made pork chops on the grill tonight for the boys. So we just got done with that, and I came and did this. So, Just a very underrated entree. And, yeah, it is actually bone-in pork chop on the grill. Oh, it's a very tough to beat. If if you got a mastermind on the grill, they are very tough to beat. Yeah, roasted roasted sweet potatoes and uh, Mediterranean salad, bud. That's what we did. Whew. the good life. Very cool. Strong partner. Strong. Hey, it's been great catching up. Uh, thanks for yeah, spending man. some good time with us. It's been uh, very enlightening, and uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to be pumped. This is uh, it's a great thing, and I know Kyle's just been giddy because he's an absolute golf nerd. Um, Kyle didn't want to ask any questions? Yeah, Kyle, you got anything? Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, assuming we're not uh, taking too much time with you, JJ, I, I, actually, I'm kind of curious. So, Monday, uh, you said... You five uh, more minutes, Kyle. All right, perfect, man. So, <laughs> you, you said uh, you, your guys practice right on Monday. That would have been Colin's first go-around at Augusta, Correct. First time he's ever stepped foot on property. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't mind sharing, what, what were some of his like uh, observations or a- any comments that you uh, that, that you found to be interesting when he was making his first go around that track? Yeah, I mean he's a pretty cool customer, man. I mean by the time we got to about the third hole, he was like, he was like, because because you can tell that what I said about the overseed, he could see that it wasn't as good as it should like it normally would be. Mm-hmm. And then no fans, no grandstands. So he's like, eh, by the time I got to three, I was just like, that's just another golf course. I'm prepping for another tournament. So you got to realize, like, he, the reason he's had much a lot of this success is because people can say when they turn pro, the young guys or whatever, they can say, you know, I belong out there. I do, like I did. You know, I thought, thought I did when I turned pro, all this stuff. But I didn't really believe it. He really, he really thinks he's, one of the best players in the world. And he really did from even before his first PGA tour start. And he said, this is where I want to play. Like a, a, an example is when we got his rookie year, we got paired with tiger at, at, for the first two days in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Now getting paired with tiger is one thing, but getting paired with tiger in San Diego is another. And it was insane. The amount of people, I mean, it was the biggest gallery I've ever seen. 40,000 people, you know, gallery. You know. And, he beat he beat Tiger. He played with Tiger and Rom and beat them both in the first for the first two rounds. And I was like, "Were you nervous?" And he's like, ah, "I was a little nervous on the first tee and like little jitters there." But then he said something to me that is like truly how he thinks. He's like, "But like that's this is right where I would. Why else? Where else in the world would I want to be than playing with Tiger in San Diego? Like why? So I make myself focus and not be nervous. And it actually there's another. I got to tell you this story real quick. At the PGA, I asked him the same thing on on the night when we were having dinner. I'm like, were you nervous coming down the stretch? Or, like, what were your feelings going on? Because he was so locked in and I was locked in, so we were just doing our jobs, you know? And I was curious about what he was thinking and what he was feeling. And he looked at me with wide eyes, and he's like, I got to a place that I've never been in my life on a golf course. Wow. So you guys want to talk about professional athletes getting in the actual zone? He was there. You know what I mean? Like, he was – he was so locked in. He's like, I did not, there's the least nervous. He's like, there was nothing that was nervous. It was all about full attention on the next shot, doing my, whatever I had to do, like all that stuff. But 
to me, that was the coolest thing that he told me about it. It was like, kind of gives me the goosebumps. Like, cause everyone thinks they've been in the zone, you know, but to do it at that point is something that's pretty special, you know? Great story. That's, that's awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, last one I got for you, JJ. What's, uh, what, what, what kind of spread do they have for you guys in the, uh, for the rest of the pro jocks at the, uh, the hospitality tent at, at Augusta View? They take pretty good care of you guys. Yeah. That, I was telling, telling just that the caddy house is amazing. They take amazing care of us. It's basically where all the caddies, the Augusta caddies hang out and they're obviously not there for the week. So the, you know, three or four of them run the show for us. And then they have a, they have a kitchen in there and they normally with pre COVID it's a, phenomenal buffet of all kinds of great stuff the best fried chicken you've ever had in your life but this year because of uh covid it's like a short order menu kind of thing and they just kind of make it for you but eh, anything from you know breakfast is scrambled eggs and oatmeal and um bagels and cream cheese and pastries and fruit um and then lunch has been all kinds of different stuff and you actually can get dinner there too uh, they stop stop that at 6 p.m but you can get dinner starting at four and you get like, they had swordfish tonight. They had uh pull, uh, they had a uh, brace short ribs last night. So Hello. It's, uh, they take, <laughs> they take really good. They take really good care of us. No question. Awesome. And there's, sure. a, you know, yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, yeah, this is uh yeah, this has been awesome. JJ, I, 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 I gotta tell you, man, being a fly on the wall, uh, listening to you and Justice past, uh, past hour has been, uh, perhaps the highlight of my podcasting career, man. This is really awesome. I'm uh, I'm super excited to watch this weekend, and uh, yeah, best of luck to you and uh, you and Colin. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, cool guys. No worries. Enjoy it, and uh, pray for no rain, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope for some scoring conditions, partner. Thanks again. Uh, it's been good catching up. Next time you're back in uh, Napa County, Stone County, let's uh, hit me up and uh, love to meet the rest of the fam, and maybe even get my ass kicked on the golf course, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. All right, partner. Talk to you later. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, podcast with JJ. And, uh, I want to thank him again for taking the time, literally, in the middle of uh, Masters, you know, Masters Week to, uh, to come and join us here on the Golf Guide Podcast. Really cool stuff. Uh, and with that, everybody, have a very wonderful, wonderful weekend. Happy Masters Week. I hope you guys enjoy the golf tournament as much as I do and uh, already looking forward to, to recapping everything on next week's podcast. So uh, until then, everybody, enjoy the golf and enjoy the Masters. All right, with that, everybody, until next week, adios.